Happy New Year, Tea Talkies. To kick off the year, I wanted to do something new with the Tea Talks podcast. So this is the very first fictional episode. It's a short story I wrote in 2021, and it's one of my favorite pieces I wrote, but it was never used. A founder of an antique shop in Maine reached out to me and asked if I could write a fictional story around their new shop and give it the tone and vibe of a Wes Anderson film. It was a dream project, really, for someone whose room is fitted with antiques. The name of the shop is The Kingfisher and the Queen. The founding couple just liked how that sounded. There was no story to it, so they asked me to make one up. And this was my stab at creating a story around an elegant woman, a bird, and an antique shop. Like a lot of creative work, it was cut, never used, but I liked it too much to just let it die. So I got two great friends, Jason Diba and Tatiana Harmon, to read the script for me and then turn it into this podcast episode. So without further ado, meet the Kingfisher and the Queen. I was working on a piece about the Wabanaki tribe harvesting wild oysters when a kingfisher landed on the windowsill of my office and stared. The curious creature carried a tiny envelope smaller than my pack of cigarettes and tilted its head forward as if to say, delivery for you, good sir. I slowly moved my hand below the beak of this yellow-bellied enigma when he, or she, I dare not assume, dropped the note and flew off before the paper hit my hand. The back of the envelope was sealed with a scarlet red wax and stamped with a crown. I knew the correspondent. I turned the envelope over to read my name in ink. Well, not quite my name, but close enough to have a wave of honor wash over me. For the writer is what it read. Being the only professional journalist in Kittery at the time made me open the envelope and read five words that would change my life. You may tell my story. Signed, Q. There was a P.S. Come with haste. Time is not like my supply of tonic water. The former runs dry for all of us. I would visit her the next day. Over apricot macaroons, under the shade of her towering hemlocks, she shared with me her story. I'll now have my assistant read. The Queen earned her nickname at the age of 12. She defeated the Chancellor of Austria in a 42-minute short chess match. Her parents made her apologize, but the Chancellor admired her all the more. He gifted her his queen piece and told her she also could move throughout the world in any direction and depth she'd like. She's sewn pockets onto every outfit since so she can carry the piece with her. She's also heeded his encouragement. From her crumbling captain's home on an island on the coast of Maine, to her pin pal's yellow bungalow in Darjeeling, she travels and soaks up the gift of everyday beauty. As the great-granddaughter of Moses Carleton, a prosperous shipowner and merchant from Massachusetts, she was destined to sail the world. But home is her favorite destination, and she never returns to it empty-handed. Her home is full of antiques she's discovered along her journeys. Every item blends elegance with simplicity, like Michelangelo's David, and she views each piece within her space as one more etch in her beautiful masterpiece of hospitality. Because what good is a home if you never share it, she asked. 
As much as she relishes collecting fine items, she cherishes more sharing them with others. Every prominent poet east of the Mississippi has passed through her library at some point for a night of reading and critical feedback. And every renowned chef west of the Rio Grande has visited to taste her oyster chowder with toast points. She has a cocktail hour every day at 4 p.m. sharp in her walled gardens. And no matter who she's hosting or their agenda, she'll stop to sip and ponder. She once suspended a meeting with the Prince of Luxembourg to craft a drink using the honeysuckles from the overgrown vines on her windows. The drink was too good for him to be offended. She retires every night by playing one classical piece on her piano before crawling into her clawfoot tub to read poetry to her dearest companion, the Kingfisher. She found the Kingfisher wounded one night in her overgrown lilac bushes after a failed flight. She took it in and nurtured it to health, one oyster and sonnet at a time. On its first flight away from home, it returned with a pearl from the Sheepscot River. The two have been unlikely confidants since. Thank you. I can take it from here. The queen often sends the kingfisher to the mainland with messages of whimsical wisdom or stories of items she's claimed throughout her summertime sails. When she beckoned me through the flight of her friend, I thought it was to tell this story you've just heard. But... I found there was more. She asked if I could help share the stories of the items from her travels. New England does not have enough bookshelves for me to write a story about each vintage find she shared with me, but I'm doing my best by entrusting each item to this antique shop in Kittery. The queen sends the store sage words of wit through her winged companion, but she is far too busy counseling poets and politicians to manage the distribution of her discoveries. I, I wish I were a more competent writer to give her legacy half the honor she deserves, but I know each of these items in the store is continuing to do the work I cannot. For when one item leaves this shop, it whispers, Long live the Kingfisher and the Queen.